We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, you know that song. You know what it means. You know what day it is. It's almost Christmas. Time to go to the BetQL guest line. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL, BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Right now, let's go to the BetQL guest line talk to our friend, Mr. Barstool, Nate. Nate Dog, how do we do, buddy? It's a sad day, my friend. It's a sad day. How are you? Why are you sad? It, it, it's, it's never fun to... Uh, talk about this team after such a just demoralizing loss like we just saw on Monday night. Just just a gross demoralizing reminder of how far this team has to go and how how many just holes and how many leaks this team really truly has. It was just it was just a bad game and it's just it feels kind of just gross, you know, just we were we were so excited and so optimistic after the Falcons game, and then we tie the Giants two weeks ago, and it's like, all right, well, we outplayed them. At least we know this team is good. And then just to lay that egg on in primetime on Sunday night, it just it feels bad, man. It feels real bad. Yeah, it, it, it does, man, because they, they kind of had everything was was there for the taking, and they just didn't take it. They gave it away. And and. Offensively, they were just so ineffective. Um, l- let me ask you this, dude. We do this segment after wins, and what we do it after games. And for six weeks or so, maybe it was five weeks, but between the tie, the bye, and then a couple wins after that Vikings loss. So after a win or a loss, we either do a blame pie or a credit pie, and you get a hundred percent, and you and you assign it to people that were really impactful in a win or a loss. What would your blame pie look like for Sunday night's game? Uh, God, it, it's so tough. Like, I put a ton into coaching. And, and if you've listened to my segment week after week, I think we do not have an effective coaching staff. Jack Del Rio has turned the defense around. I will give him a lot of credit. The offense, as limited as they may be with Heineke, and I'm saying – that I don't think it's a completely limited offense, but I'm saying let's even say that they are because of Heineke. There are enough playmakers on this team, and if you're an offensive coordinator in the NFL, you have to figure out a way to score more than 12 points at home in primetime with the amount of possession that we had in that first quarter especially to come away with zero and then three points. If we're talking about punting from the 34 and the 40, we're talking about third down efficiency, another just absolutely terrible third down offense on Sunday night, one for 10 on third downs. No pressure on, on Daniel Jones, which I also thought was crazy, but I, I like to give the defense some slack because they have shown up week after week after week. They've done their part 10 times over. The offense and the offensive play calling 
has been abysmal. Getting away from Brian Robinson Jr. after the first half he had, he was he averaged 7.4 yards a carry for the game that got away from him. Gibson barely got the ball. They still don't use him in space whatsoever, which blows my mind. Here's a guy who is one of the best in-space runners picking up yards after the catch in the league, and they absolutely do not use him whatsoever as a receiver. It is insane to me because we know that Heineke isn't Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He doesn't have that cannon to throw down the field, but they, they're, it, they're living in some la-la land where when the going gets tough, let's try to turn Heineke into this all-pro stud of a quarterback, and it's just not there. He's good at what he does well, but he's not going to be that guy. And just the, the offensive play calling is not doing him any favors. It was making me throw up. I was projectile vomiting watching this offense try to put together a drive. Uh, so to give out blame, um, 75% on coaching, 10% on the refs, and uh, 15% scattered elsewhere. Yeah, I, I, I think the refs obviously had a part in this. Um, Here's the thing. I just Real quick on the refs, they were terrible. They were terrible on both sides. They were more terrible when it mattered on the on the PI miss and, yeah. and the uh, uh, Terry McLaurin absolutely ridiculous flag to throw there. Refs don't, refs don't score 12 points. That's right. my issue is refs don't get zero sacks, zero pressure on Daniel Jones all game. Refs don't punt from the 34-yard line. Refs don't, you know, uh, commit penalty. Refs don't do any of this stuff. So uh, as bad as the refs were in those key situations at the end of the game, and believe me, they were terrible, and they should be investigated, and the one who threw the flag on McCorn should be put in jail. You should, the key should be thrown away. He should never get out of jail. There will probably be a documentary on Netflix about that ref for throwing games and changing games in the next 10 years. That's how bad he was. But we still only scored 12 points. So it's not all on the refs. It's a, it, it, they were bad, though. Uh, yeah, the refs had an outsized impact on that game, but they didn't lose it. They didn't score 12 points. They didn't fumble in the red zone. They didn't give up an 18-play drive. The refs were bad. The fourth down... Pass interference was the, incredibly the egregious. Nine that the Giants uh, converted on, the rest didn't give up that fourth and nine. And I'm shocked more people aren't losing their mind, pulling out their hair about just how bad Rivera once again was uh, with the punting situation and the timeout situation. He just still has no idea how to call timeouts, and it's become how about kind a of punt comical. from the 34 yard line, dude. Bro, all I care about is is. Like uh, I love that account on Twitter that says how cowardly your punts yeah, are. Yeah, that's a pretty and I think ruthless. Ron Rivera is on the Mount Rushmore. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. They might name the building after him just in terms of cowardly punts. The guy just has no idea when to punt the ball or when to call timeouts. And you just cannot be this tenured of a coach in the league and still botching this stuff week after week after week. The players are doing their best, and then he's calling, he's dialing up punts when we need to win this game with the playoffs on the line from the 34-yard line. And it's just I, – I just can't make heads or tails of it. Um, All right. Talking with our friend Barcel Nate here on the BetQL guest line. I don't want you and I to start arguing. I am going to preface this by saying 
Landville, if you can, get that Rivera audio ready, because I'm going to play it for Nate here, unless you saw the reel on Instagram that NBC Sports Washington posted. But I I don't want to argue with you. I would stick with Taylor Heineke for the rest of the year. You're not turning this thing back over to, to Joe Montana. Right. I would stick with Heineke. It's what got you here. The guy's clearly limited. The red zone woes, I do think, are a result of his reluctance to make tight window throws or perhaps his inability to make tight mm-hmm. window throws. I want you to listen to this conversation I had with Ron yesterday and tell me if it sounds like a guy that's going to stick with Taylor Heineke. I was down there at halftime. I saw Carson come sprinting out of that tunnel. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this 6-5 unit. Did does that change the, yeah. the the kind of the situation at all? It does. It does. I mean, you know, going into the second half, scoring early, moving the ball the way we did, it, it was it would have been hard for me to to, to, to sure. make a change right there. I mean, I have to. If that went differently, could you have thought about it? Yes, it had. But you know, again, it didn't. Right. So, so it never crossed my mind. Once we got that score, I always felt, okay, here we go, here it comes. That was the best drive of the game. Yeah, but but you're you're, you're thinking, here we go, and, and this is what we got to do, and let's continue with this. Does what is what do you hear in there? <laughs> I hear a, a lot of classic Ron Rivera coach speak, where he has a lot of words with very little substance to it. That's usually Ron Rivera to me is like the teacher in a. Peanuts when it's just womp womp womp. Like I, he says words. I have no idea what they actually mean. He he does not provide a lot of substance at all. He knows that he he. I wish he would just come out and say it. Heineke's our guy. Circumstantially, he's not. He's probably not. You know, head to head, the better quarterback on this team. But you know what he's. Heineke reminds me. This might be like a deep cut of Chris Bork, Ray Bork's son who he was on the Caps for a very long time, and he's the best AHL player that we've ever had. He's a perennial 30-goal scorer in the AHL every single year, but he could never do anything in the NHL. But send him back down to the minors, and he was unbelievable. Just 30 goals after 30 goals after 30 goals. And he's he's right there on the edge of being an NHL player, but he never could do it. That's Heineke to me. Like He can have these windows of four or five games when he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. But we know deep down that he's not a starter in the NFL. We know this, but he's just good enough to make it work. But he's not, he'll he'll never be the guy. He's the guy for now. I don't want Wentz to take over. I'm having a lot of fun watching Heineke. There's nothing better than fourth quarter Heineke. Did you have fun watching that game Sunday night? But that's just that's part of the. But certainly, it did, to your point, it did seem like he was going to pull some magic out, a rabbit out of a hat. Late. It's that's part of the experience, and that's why every single Tuesday during the entire summer, we're probably going to talk about the QB problem in Washington because uh, I, we still don't have one. We when I think of a QB, is this guy able to win us a Super Bowl? And right now. On this team, the answer is no and no. Neither guy is likely to win this team a Super Bowl. And so do we draft the guy? What do we do with Heineke? Wentz is still being paid a bazillion dollars. Is he the starter next year already? There's so many questions, and it's going to be so annoying, and that's just how this team has operated for the last two decades is every summer we talk about the quarterback situation, and we're going to do it again, and I'm already annoyed by it. Let's not let's not 
cut ahead to the summer, okay? Let's let's talk now. 1.5 different quarterbacks start for the Commanders in the remaining 3 games. Uh I I'd say under. I unless Heineke gets hurt, I don't think I think you let him you finish the season. There's you know, he won 6 games in a row. I I you keep the guy in. I I don't think there's any reason to pencil Wentz in as a starter right now. Um, again, unless Heineke comes out and goes four for fourteen next week at you know in, at the Forty ers unless he does something ridiculous or he breaks his leg or whatever, I think you just let him finish out the season. Uh, it's, but dude, it's, let me ask you this then: if, if you look at last week at halftime, Ron tells me, hey, you know, if he didn't put that drive together after in the third quarter, I might have had to make a change. Right, he, but he did. did. But, dude, if the situation is also changing because by – when do the Lions play? Look that up for me, Jeffrey Landfill, please. Like, they're now hanging on by a thread in the playoff chase. They're, they're now a half game up. Heineke at, at halftime against the Giants had 55 yards passing. Yeah. Like, it just – it wasn't enough. So, the situation has changed in that they may need to start chasing here. And I think that could impact it. I, if it was me, you you would just say Taylor's our guy. I I feel like, and I hear, and I see, and what I know about life in the NFL, draft status matters. Money matters. And Ron, I think if Dan stays on, however long Dan stays on, Ron's pretty secure. Frankly, I don't think Dan would want to pay the 7, 8 mil to, to fire Ron, well, however many years he has left, right? If there's a new guy coming in, there may be some pressure to prove that, hey, when I went and got Fitzy, that didn't work because he got hurt. But when I went and got Wentz, he powered us to that late playoff push. Like, that, I, that's I, life I, in the I, big I'm leagues. with you, and I, I'm kind of speechless because we're still talking about Carson Wentz. Like, that's the thing. It's, I it's, agree. I don't not, think he's the guy, but they yeah. may feel they have to prove he is. That's just classic NFL overthinking. It, it sure throw Wentz in there, take Heineke out. What are we really talking about? You know, we're not talking about either quarterback being the guy. We're not talking about either quarterback being a person who can take us to the Super Bowl, win all these games, etc. Heineke has done everything and more that we could possibly ask for him. So I, we're talking three more games this season. I I really truly believe. I, I don't think anybody's owed anything, but. He deserves these starts. He truly does. He he hasn't been the worst quarterback in the league. He's been t- exactly what Taylor Heineke was supposed to be. He wasn't even supposed to be starting this year. He came in. He took over the team. He's done well enough. Like it, That's the issue with being a quarterback in the NFL. Well enough, it's still leaps and bounds less than what you need to be. But in my opinion, he's done everything that he can possibly do, and I'm fine with that. Now, I will say this. All the replies to your tweets, your tweet saying that I said this is a reminder of how far the team has to go, a lot of the replies are, no, we just have to get a quarterback and fix the offensive line. Uh, that's a long way. It, it, I don't know what, what people are smoking, but I would like some of it. We've needed a quarterback every year I've been alive. That's a long way to go. Is If we draft a quarterback, now we have to hope that he sticks or we can develop him. 
if we sign a quarterback like we just did with Wentz, we don't know what we're getting. So that's a long way to go. The offensive line has a long way to go. The offensive play calling has a long way to go. And linebacker has a long way to go. So there are definitely holes. Never mind that our kicker misses every extra point possible. We have a long way to go. Um, I have two thoughts. I, I, I don't think you are right that Heineke has done enough to prove that Heineke has done enough for the organization this year, last year, and hell, even going back to that Tampa playoff game two years ago. He has done enough for this organization to treat him with some modicum of respect and appreciation. Yes. But that ain't life in the NFL, man. That's just not how it goes. Like These coaches are desperate to get a win. These coaches are desperate to get in the playoffs. And on some level, they owe it to the rest of those players. If they think, I, I mean, I, it, it's so hard to bring this comparison up because we're talking about two quarterbacks that are much better than what we're looking at. But when John Harbaugh made the decision to stay with Colin Kaepernick in 2012 over Alex Smith when Alex was healthy, well, I'm not talking about politics or kneeling or anything. I'm talking about football. Yeah. That was an extremely ballsy, controversial decision. And they got sure. hot and made it to the Super Bowl. Like sometimes coaches have to have to do what they think is right for the team, regardless of what a player has accomplished already. I'm with you, I, and we see it all the time. And we've seen it in Washington. We've seen the carousel of quarterbacks all the time. I just I think this is a very silly conversation. We'll look back on. Like remember that time we debated the merits of Wentz versus Heineke for an entire season. And then we were still debating it on December 20th. I, we're, we should go do charity work. We should go to a soup kitchen. We're, we're wasting our time talking about these two quarterbacks when neither quarterback is the quarterback. I, so, but you but you're what? talking, you're zooming out and talking big picture. I still care about this season. I still well, care about I'll making the play. I'll close my eyes and throw a dart. I, I'll say this. But, I don't but care but who Nate, starts Here's next the difference. Week. Last week you were screaming at me for even suggesting that this was a conversation. Yes. Heineke should be the starter. I, I understand what you're saying. Heineke, in my opinion, should remain the starter. The point is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not matter who starts for this team because neither guy is the guy. Heineke should, be, should stay the starter because he's earned that, in my opinion. But does it actually matter? If, if Ron named Wentz the starter this second, if he broke into my room, grabbed my phone, and told you he named him the starter, I'd be like, fine, who cares? Wentz, Heineke, what's it matter? It, it, it doesn't. I think against the Niners, it matters. I think against the Niners, you got to stay with Heineke. But I, I fear, because they got away from it against the Giants, that they're going to be stubborn, stuck to the run against San Fran. San Fran, you can't beat them on the ground. And I think if that comes to fruition, I think it, it becomes – I mean, the Niners haven't given up more than 70 yards rushing in the last six weeks. And, and if that's how you, you play call and, and call a game is based on spite and what you did the previous game, you're very bad at your job. So let's hope that's not true. I, I, this game is going to be tough, but nobody thought they are going to beat the Eagles a month ago. Um, Nate, well, I might have. Are you going to come over for the holidays at all? I am not. I'm going to Cancun. <laughs> you win, dude. I, I get yeah. to go to Santa Clara, California. Um, thank you for doing this all year, buddy. Hopefully we uh, we still talk to you next week. Why wouldn't you talk to me next week? 
I don't know. You're going to be in Mexico, it sounds like. No, I'm not going till after Christmas, sorry. But I'm not coming home for Christmas. Uh, I'll be in Cancun from like the 28th to through New Year's. All right, well, maybe I get to hang out with the cool Nathan brother anyway. Yeah, he's much cooler. Um, thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, see ya. All right, that's our guy, Barstool Nate, who's not coming home for Christmas. Let's do this. MGM National Harbor listener lines open. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Uh, I got a funny Bill Belichick story to tell. I've got some kind of worrisome news about Saturday. Don't go anywhere. It's Beavis Finley. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.